This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Australian Bureau of Statistics will be giving all eligible Australians the opportunity to express their view on whether Australian marriage laws should be changed to allow same-sex couples to marry. Survey forms will be sent to all eligible Australians on the Commonwealth Electoral Roll. To participate, you must be enrolled. To enrol, check or update your details, visit the AEC website, search AEC or visit an AEC office. The roll closes Thursday, August 24. Authorised by the Australian Bureau of Statistics, Canberra. Spoken by Jake Downs. Joy Sponsor. You're listening to Stand Up Straight. We aim to provide a vehicle for allies to stand up for the rainbow communities, facilitating change, acceptance, understanding and dialogue. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Stand Up Straight. everyone it's michelle in the studio bex in the studio the lovely rachel who you heard a snippet of her voice is oh, in yes. the studio as I well i can't help but talk over the news it's the drive thing it's a very good ra- <laughs> yeah, i was go- well so where would we've heard you before on oh, tuesday drive oh. rage and dean with jack <laughs> in the back i'm the rage <laughs> oh i see what you did there oh, yeah, she's very <laughs> clever that lady um uh, we uh, well, thank you to that lovely Andrew for the news. Yes, excellent voice. news voice. I thought we'd lost another of our newsreaders. We tend to train them up, and they go and work somewhere better. But uh, our other lovely Beck is off gallivanting. I think she's in Greece. According oh. to her Facebook, she is. Oh, till I deleted okay. her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to the Informa team uh, for a great afternoon, half an hour of informative uh, stuff from around the world. And as we're a little bit prone to do at the beginning of our show, we. <laughs> On Stand Up Straight. Still no, think I should be allowed to sing that. Well, I, I was giving you permission. I did say, come on back. All right, come on back now. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I've got stage fright. Okay, rehearsal. Maybe later. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've got a couple of allies of the week, all of us. Um, I'm just going to read one out really, really quickly. This is something I saw on the Twitter sphere. A high school teacher had a note passed to them and it said, and this looks like in sort of a, a childlike kind of writing, and it says, I came out earlier this month. You guys are helping it be easier. So this, Aww. I don't know who it is, I don't know what country or anything, but the, the students passed that to uh, to their teacher. I thought that was really lovely. And, um, Beth, you got a life of the week? Would you well, like some thinking time? No, I'd like some thinking time, but I think um, at the moment, is it not one of the most important times for us all to really amp up the ally card, so to speak? It's yeah. It's hard. It's hard it to is. talk about. It is. it is. And it's interesting that you say, and you're not one that's stuffed for words, but I, I um, and we'll be bringing our guests in shortly and we'll be discussing marriage equality, but from a slightly different perspective. But in the studio, and, and Beck, uh, Stephanie will be joining us really sh- uh, in a couple of minutes as well. We've got three women in the studio with three very different perspectives. And perhaps I've got a gay son and I'm straight. Stephanie's got three kids and she's a straight lady. Her children may or may not be. We don't know. 
Beck is a straight lady who is extraordinarily passionate about our GLBTI community and Rachel across the desk is uh, in a same-sex relationship and cannot get married. So exactly. The dis- uh, I'm wondering how you feel. Can you sum it up? frustrated is it is it anger sadness Uh, it's a mixture of a lot of emotions but the frustration is the main thing it's knowing that it's a decision that is it's inevitable Mm. everybody knows one way or another it's going to happen eventually in australia so why don't they just pull their fingers out and do it now Mm. and don't waste the money that's you know the the basic summed into a tiny little lump frustration you, had, um, you got some wonderful support at your workplace exactly well, don't you? my allies of the week are my team at work at ruby hair windsor thank you <laughs> so much guys <laughs> giving them a shout out because they have been so passionate they've even been passionate towards their clients talking about wow. it and saying are your voting details up to date because if this oh, postal really? vote happens you need to be voting yes and that means so much to me mm. so I think my, um, as I think about it, my overwhelming emotion this week has been guilt. Guilt about the fact that my friends are in a position where, well, firstly, they're not allowed to get married. But secondly, that we have to have the indignity of us all posting in an opinion on it. And I just don't, like, I, I don't necessarily want to get married, but... I could go out and marry some random for five minutes tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad that John Smith from Ipswich gets to tell me whether or not I can marry my fiancé yeah. or not. Oh, no. Thanks, and so John. That's, that's been my real overwhelming emotion is guilt about the fact that this has to happen for people that I love. And it's interesting because I, the guilt is something that I felt and I don't, I don't know whether... Sometimes I feel like I don't want to say... I'm married or my husband, who and, and I love and adore my husband, so that's not the issue, but it's the fact that I have a privilege to say those words and others don't. And I absolutely, the guilt thing is very real and I haven't heard a lot of talk about that. The other overwhelming feeling that I have is that I'm scared for what my son's going to hear. Mm. I'm really, really scared for the behaviour that he may or may not experience. I don't... I hope to like he's in a bubble in a sense beautiful friends and family and 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 all of that kind of thing but I don't want him to have to read the vile stuff that has already started mm. and I think it's interesting you say that bubble I was thinking today about as I said at the start, how important it is, is for everyone to really, if you're an ally, now's the time to really show it. And I think it might be as simple as if you do have a friend that's LGBTI, just check in and say, how yeah. are you feeling about all this? Because sometimes, you know, sometimes it's much better to have someone ask you how you're feeling than have to go and explain to everyone how you feel. That's so I was thinking that's such a simple thing to do. Mm. And I think the other thing is... Like, we in here, I imagine people that listen to our show are probably more educated about these things and have a greater understanding. So if you are in that position of understanding the impacts of this a little bit better, talk to people Mm -hmm. that aren't as um, knowledgeable about it because I think on the face of it, people who are um, not as knowledgeable as we are probably just think, oh, that's great, that's great, there's a plebiscite because then everyone can say they're in favour, you know, and I think that is a really common opinion because they don't understand all the background stuff and all the problems that it can cause. So I just think Mm. it's really incumbent on those of us who have um, the luxury of that knowledge to really use that to Mm. try and, you know, educate people a little bit and it is you're right Beck it can be simple as just saying 
you know, I'm on your side or do you want to talk to me or are you feeling, you know, if, if stuff's upsetting you, please know you can pick up the phone mm. and call me or I can come round, I can sit with you. It's that kind of stuff too. And you're right, and out, this is a time to be an ally in the world for lots of different reasons, but we were all touched in this in this studio and at this time in Australia, we are all touched in a way that a lot of other people wouldn't be. And um, it's also... It, Maybe it's a uh, will bring the community together more, so it might make the community stronger. I, I, I dare say, but I, I think it's really important. Beck, I agree. That it, it, we're in a privileged position, and if we have knowledge that we can impart or help educate, and you don't have to be, we don't have to be angry about it, even if we feel it inside. You know, it might be as simple as saying. Um, well, you know, the people that do... I know it's a really common opinion about the plebiscite's great because we can have a say. It might be just saying to people, yeah, but do you understand that this is going to bring out a lot of hate speech and all these sorts of things? And, and just giving people a little bit of an idea mm-hmm. about the impact of some of these things. And what saying no actually means. Yeah. And I think it's, it comes back to the personal stories, I think. And, and, that, and I know in Ireland that was uh, mm. very, very successful. The stories of they would knock on people's doors and talk to people or people come out to their parents or their grandparents and showing the reactions i think until it becomes real for people absolutely it's not it's 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 in the street it's not on their doorstep you know what i mean yeah it's a shallow thing like if if yeah it's not there if it's not there it's not there Mm. correct uh we're going to go for a quick break and then we will come back and introduce our fascinating guest you are on stand up straight on joy 94.9 this is stand up straight on joy 94.9 hey i'm tom bainbridge and you're listening to joy 94.9 it's stand up straight baby let's get up and about Woo! allies and stuff Absolutely right, Tom Baybridge, allies and stuff. And uh, we're very proud to be part of this show. And uh, we um, do make a difference. I think we do. Uh, we uh, are talking about the plebiscite, but from a different perspective. And I'll introduce our guest in a moment. If you want to send a message or email in, you can send us a message on 0427 JOY 949 or you can send us an email on air at joy.org.au. Just want to read out a message. Hi, Susses. The whole marriage equality issue has made me angry and fearful for the rainbow community, which includes my own son. I will fight to my last breath for my son and defy anyone who thinks that my son is not deserving of equality. He's an amazing, upstanding member of the human race who inspires me to want to be better. I put my son against any hateful and spiteful, regressive, right-wing, narrow-minded bigot as a valued member of the world. He will make more change and bring greater things to the world than any of them. So that is um, my husband and mine. And um, uh, talking about my son... that that's everybody agreeing and that's why that for anybody that is unsure this is why it is so important deep breath our guest tonight is reverend dr robin whittaker she's going to bring another perspective she's part of a group of christians that are for marriage equality so welcome robin to the microphone to stand up straight Oh, all about the clapping here. tonight. I like it. It's exciting. Thank it's exciting. Thank you, Rachel. Robin, um, I'm just weird kind of quick. How does that stuff make you feel, what you're hearing, some personal perspectives and stories? Yeah, it, look, I feel sad. I also feel a bit of the guilt um, that mm. we just heard and kind of shame. I'm just disappointed in Australia. I think we're better than this. 
And and we're now just kind of an international embarrassment. We are so far behind on this issue. So you yeah. feel we, we are an embarrassment? I think we are. I Do think. I mean, obviously, yeah. Um, when I say we, really are politicians. Mm. But um, as a community, we've, we're better than this, I, I hope. But it reflect, reflects poorly on us because we elect our politicians. Mm, yeah, we elect yeah. them to do a job that they are not doing. So, right. And when you compare Australia to the rest of the, you know, <laughs> Western world, like, oh, my God. I think really when Ireland, you know, the most mm, Catholic mm. country in the world, right. I don't know if that's an actual stat, but, you know, <laughs> managed Close. it and we can't, like, can't. Yep. I just wanted to put a little perspective on uh, on Robin. She's a lecturer at Trinity College Parkville and an ordained minister for the Uniting Church. So we've got um, an interesting perspective. I'm wondering if you can give us a little bit of a background of just a you know, potted um, history of yourself and you grew up where, where you grew up. Was it a religious environment and so on? Yeah, sure. I, I grew up um, in the church. I'm the daughter of a minister um, and... And um, and in my late teens, I was very influenced by and part of quite a conservative sort of evangelical strand of the church. So I myself have moved a long way on this issue. Um, I can understand where some of those more conservative voices come from. And by that, I mean the, the more... The more compassionate ones. I don't understand hate speech, and there's just there's nothing Christian about some of the behaviour that we see in the public sphere. Um, but as a as a minister in the church, I've 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 come to believe that this is an absolutely fundamental justice issue that goes to the core of my faith. So as a Christian, um, to to stand by and and be silent or to be not supportive for me would be not being a Christian. Um, it would be not, you know, showing the values that I hold dear, which is about being compassionate and about fighting for equality and reminding people that God loves everyone as they are. Well, that that's the really interesting thing, and I probably wanted to ask someone in the religion world <laughs> this question, so now I've got you, I will. Um, I'll speak for all religions. Yeah, do that. Please please do. Do. I guess, coming from my own perspective, I, I grew up in a Catholic household, went to a Catholic school, I've forgotten a bit about it now, but you know, I, I know the theory, but everything I ever learned about Jesus and about God was about compassion and you know, all the stories, Jesus and the lepers and Jesus and Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene, all those sorts of things I just can't get my head around where that compassionate Jesus fits in with some of this religious um, you know, behaviour towards marriage equality and I guess the gay community generally. Yeah, I think you're articulating a really important thing. You know, when we go back to the Jesus that's, you know, whose stories are told in the Bible, um, he was someone who actually sought out people on the margins. He he didn't conform to what a religious person should look like. Um, I mean, the only way I can sort of understand people who are opposing marriage equality is I think there is a genuine desire to sort of want to... Be faithful to the Bible. Mm. Um, there's a nervousness about moving away to the words on the page, but I think we can be deeply serious about the Bible without being literal about mm. it. Understanding it's a text that's two to three thousand years old. It comes from a deeply patriarchal culture. It, it's not going to reflect um, and speak to every issue in our contemporary society. Do you use the word nervous? Then why do you, why what are they nervous of or scared of? If you, if those two words can be similar. Yeah, Does it change? I, I think or some of it is. I mean, the ch- 
church institutions are, are slow to change. Mm. Um, so some of it is change. I think some of it is... If, if I'm trying to put the most positive spin on it, it would be to say um, nervous about not being faithful, about sort of, you know, that they're not following God. But I think, again, if you look at the example of Jesus, Jesus was pretty radical. Mm. Is it the unknown, though? Is it that they... You can't plan for this. You ha- they haven't planned for this. It's not written anywhere this will happen. Yeah. Is, is that maybe more what it is, too? A little bit of that. And, I mean, the other thing is I think we just have to acknowledge any person um, of a religious tradition that has ancient sacred texts has to acknowledge that they won't address every contemporary mm, issue. Mm. The Bible doesn't talk about technology and driving a car because those things could not be imagined. And I would say that like the people who wrote the Bible could not imagine um, the kind of current concepts we have around the way sexuality and gender work uh, it was just completely foreign to them so mm-hmm. therefore they're not addressing them um, do you get the have you had any hate speech aimed at either yourself or your congregation or the people that you are around because i would imagine perhaps members of the glbti community perhaps may not be as uh, supportive of you or would assume that you would be anti-marriage equality have you had anything like that i haven't i have to say i've found the glbtiq community to be mostly incredibly compassionate in a way that christians aren't always <laughs> compassionate <laughs> in reverse and is that because they have i'm to sorry be? for that yes because they have to they be? have to be better perhaps mm. um when I have spoken about this a bit more publicly, the pushback I tend to get is of two kinds. One is occasionally people, and I'm quite sympathetic to this view, sort of saying religion just needs to keep out of this issue. Yeah. And it is a secular issue. Mm. Like We're talking about a federal law that's not going to force any religious group to change the way they're doing things. Um, and then I get pushback from conservative Christians because they're the ones that are actually most resistant as the leader of a church how can you share um the bible in a way that that is inclusive with your congregation like that's a thing so i grew up my dad's a minister as well Mm -hmm. i grew up in the church and it just wasn't a talked about thing and that's why i think a lot of church a lot of people who go to church are against marriage equality because it was never talked about. The Bible was never talked about in terms of having context around things and the verses that the people standing up in front of everyone couldn't explain just didn't get talked about. Mm. So how do you, as someone who is um, for equality, how do you speak to your congregation about things like that? What context do you use? <laughs> Look, in, in a way I don't have to do that so much so I should say right now I work... Um, at the other end as a lecturer training people who will be clergy. Okay. So for me now the concern is how I train them so that they can do exactly what you're articulating. Um, But I think it begins with everything. We've got to consistently model um, that we are dealing with ancient texts, they reflect a different worldview, and not being afraid to question and challenge and grapple with those texts. So you you can model that with anything, being able to... I mean, I say to some of my students... um, you know, even if you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God and it's very, very sacred, if it's from God and God's big enough, there's no question we can throw at it that <laughs> God can't handle. Like, we shouldn't be afraid to question and challenge and, um, yeah. you know. But I think we are. We think that somehow being faithful means accepting everything without questioning. Yeah, question. And that's a real problem. Do you think the younger members of 
the well, all faiths, but yours in particular, mm. are they the ones that are cha- championing change more or have you found it in some unusual places? There are some unusual places. So in um, there's a couple of groups that I'm sort of a part of. There's an um, Australian Christians for Marriage Equality. There's an Equal Voices group. I've heard that. What is that, the Equal Voices? So Equal Voices is a group... Um, I think founded by a priest in Sydney called Keith Mascord and others. Um, that's about saying as Christians we want to be fully welcoming and inclusive. Mm-hmm. So they support marriage equality, but it's not a single issue. It's a wider kind of challenging the church to change. And one of the things they have, you can look at their website, um, about almost 800 of us have signed an apology on there, acknowledging the way that the church has historically hurt um, gay and lesbian people in its rhetoric and language and committing to being better than that. So they're saying sorry? They're saying sorry. I mean, as much as we're a collective of people, we don't officially speak for any one church. But that's extraordinary. Yeah. Um, I've not heard that before. Why do you think that there's not more made of that? Is, I don't know. Is it not a popular choice, decision? Yeah, I, that's I, extraordinary. I suspect it would have more weight if an official church leader of any one denomination uh. came out. But because it is... But I mean, in that group, there's everything from like older Catholic priests through to Pentecostals. There's such a range of people. So to go back to your question, Michelle, I think we are seeing change, but it's, it's popping up all over the place. It's not just the younger generation. There's a lot of older clergy, maybe because they're a bit more secure in their positions, mm. who are now speaking out. Is there... Have, Okay. I was just going to say, you're listening to Stand Up Straight. We've got a little bit of Kylie coming up, especially ah. for Robin. So <laughs> stick you. with us. You're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. She's my mum. Now, what about lesbian porn? That's Stephanie. Stand Up Straight on Joy 
94.9. You are on Stand Up Straight with Michelle, Steph, Beck, Robin and I'm Rachel. You are. Um, <laughs> and that now, was Kylie. We've, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's a friend of ours. She, she might know her. personally. And uh, very rarely played on Joy. I think they should lift their game. They should actually. Yes. There should be more of Now, them. something really extraordinary has happened. We've had the most, she's our new favourite person on the face of this earth. Marie from South Melbourne has just, wait for it, given us the most extraordinary donation of $1,260. Marie, we love you. That's, um... That's I hope she didn't put the dot in the wrong place and it's meant to be $12.60 <laughs> or something. That could be awkward for Marie. <laughs> she might not want a written um, message back and say, no, I didn't mean that. But do you know what? Joy is supporting everything that happens in the LGBTI community. So you can support us, you can become a member, or you can send a donation. Just head to joy.org.au. Everything helps. Every single thing $12.60. And we think... Uh, we think we're helping um, a little bit by creating a, a, a conversation that's uh, got a little bit of a different um, angle and um, we've got a bit emotional a little bit. Um, we've, uh, if you want to send us a message, you can do so on 0427JOY949 or you can send us an email on air at joy.org.au. We have received another message from oh, David. David, who is the Rainbow Band... Yes, yes. Yeah. loving the conversation tonight. My dad had difficulty uh, processing my engagement to my partner. He called me about two months after I told him and told me his story. He turned to his local pastor to process and get advice. Partly as a result, the pastor addressed the taboo subjects with the congregation over a number of weeks. My dad now has a way of framing his thoughts that puts him good, it's interesting, good with his religion and good with his son knowing that there are Christians out there who are not all like the ACL gives me hope. I've got to run now, <laughs> he's going to band practice thank you David the, past, uh, uh, the pastor's podcasts his sermons so we can um, we can put a link to his podcast it's <laughs> Is that, yes it's very, very good um, so in the studio tonight we have Robin Whittaker uh, she is a do we say passionate Christian? Do we say devout? What would be the most Ooh. accurate word, Robin? Probably not a very good Christian. Oh, no. But, um, you but are. yes, no, I am passionate about my faith, I guess, mm. yeah. And yeah, um, you have had shifts in your life as far as your approach to marriage equality and other things. Can you tell me when this little shift began, in particular about marriage equality and how things changed? Yeah, I... For me, the, the shift has sort of happened at two levels. Um, one is very personal and one is a bit more of the intellectual processing that needs to go with that. Um, I, I was out in my first parish as an ordained woman at the age of 24, which is pretty young. And, um, and it means I've encountered a fair bit of, you know, women shouldn't be ministers, women can't be priests kind of stuff. And invariably that includes quoting the Bible at me. And I realised after a while that I was being pretty hypocritical because I was able to just dismiss that as those bits of the Bible about gender are not relevant, we've moved on, blah, blah. Um, and yet I was not doing the same for the bits of the Bible that talked about sexual acts, um, including homosexual acts. Um, and, and so I had to sort of do the intellectual work of actually being more consistent in the way that I interpreted these ancient texts. But alongside that, in my in my very first church that I went out to at the age of 24 in Wangaratta, Victoria, yeah. um, there was a wonderful young woman 
who became a good friend and she was the first out Christian I knew who was sort of my generation Mm. and who I could have these kind of honest conversations with and she was wonderful at just helping me understand her own journey and how she as a Christian had sort of done the work of thinking through her sexuality and her faith and, and really just helping me put a human face to this issue which we all need to do and I mean of course now I look around and I have gay and lesbian friends they're in my wider family um you know this is a deeply personal issue um both at that level in terms of the people I care about and as a person of faith when I see the bible or um you know religion being used as a kind of weapon against people it makes Mm. me really mad and it's deeply hurtful yeah and do you have i'm not trying to put words in your mouth do you have any guilt or regret about how you may have um treated people you know unwillingly of course yeah yeah i i do i mean i wasn't always an ally and uh, you know i'm i'm sorry for that and it's possible that without intending i think in my mind i'd separated i had my friends who were out of the church and a different set of standards there and then a different set within the church i'd sort of um so i would never have been intentionally hurtful but i possibly was and at the very least insensitive Mm -hmm. and i'm sorry for that um and enormously grateful to those you know friends who've stuck by me and perhaps put up with ignorant comments they might say the same about you though that you stuck by them do you do you feel that as well yeah possibly if i yeah um for me my sort of being an ally has you know in recent years has been trying to just be supportive and listen and remind people that they are loved and um yeah so how how common are your views amongst other ministers that's a great question because um the loud groups like the australian christian lobby would have you believe they speak for Australian Christians and they do not Um, the polls show that the majority of Australian Christians actually support marriage equality Um, I have a a bunch of friends and colleagues that whenever I sort of speak into the public space in this kind of way and I've written a few things in the media um, sort of will write and thank me and say you know you're expressing our views and and I think there's some frustration in the Christian Mm. community because there are supporters but we don't always know how to get our voices heard because mm-hmm. the media will go to those extreme um, and highly organised lobby groups. I, I was, say. My question was going to be: Is that why you know why are they so loud? How, why do they, or how do they have that power? Is it is it money? It's more is interesting. It? It's more well, interesting it? to Clickbait. hear hateful people than it is to yeah. hear people who are like, "We love everybody." Now that's boring. They want to hear the people that are like, oh, "I hate the." use awful names and mm, yeah. say because they have sex with men and mm. they they use the terms that are exactly clickbaity and then the media goes mm. i would much rather post an article about that than the lovely people over at this church who are inclusive and say everybody's welcome here who cares about everybody we only mm. care about the haters yeah and is um what do you say to the opposers what do you because that's you must hear i would imagine a vast array of questions or 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 hate speech as well so what do you is it a bit of a mission or a challenge for you to kind of win them over or is it what do you do yeah if i'm brutally honest i would say there are some people in the sort of extreme right-wing christianity they're not interested in being won over this has turned into a cultural battle for them um and so in a way, 
I, I've actually stopped engaging with those people because I think it actually gives them a voice. Mm. To, um, but there's a huge middle ground of Christians who are, I think, trying to think through these issues and they need to hear stories and they need to be encouraged that you can be a Christian or whatever faith you are, you can be a person of deep faith and be a supporter of marriage equality. These are not somehow two opposing ideas. Something that's actually really amazing, if you go onto Google and you type in inclusive church, inclusive, like whichever religion you want to find, if you type in the word inclusive before that, it's amazing how many things pop up. But that's not the things that anybody talks about. They don't say, oh, yeah, there's actually a lot of really inclusive places that you could go um, because, yeah, it's it's the quiet thing. It's But hopefully it's going to be the quiet under like underachievers who actually make a really huge difference. Yeah, let's hope. Robin, what's been the reaction from up above to, to you? I mean, do you have concerns about job security? I know that might sound silly, but I imagine there's a certain expectation of the way ministers are supposed to approach these things. What's been the reaction? Uh, for me, partly being in the Uniting Church, that's a reasonably open church. We're, we still need to have a, our internal conversation about this. Um, but there would certainly be a lot of other Uniting Church ministers who would think similarly. And I, I should say, I don't officially speak for any church, which actually gives me a little bit of freedom. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the head of a church that therefore has to represent that church. I can have a personal opinion. Um and one of the reasons I've started speaking out too, I mean, in terms of job security, I have wondered about that. Um, but I do have support of um, colleagues and bosses. Um, and I've, I've started speaking out partly because I have a certain privilege as a straight woman mm-hmm. that I think other people in our community do not, um, whose jobs and also just personal feelings might be so much more vulnerable so um it's it's worth maybe a tiny risk but i don't think it's massive do you think you've found a different type of purpose in your in in your life now in a sense yeah it's i I spent 10 years living in america until about a year ago and one of the things i learned there i was living in new york at the end um one of the things i learned there is there is a, a much stronger movement of what i would call sort of left very social justice Christians Mm. who um, are great at being in the public space and saying, you know, there's an alternative kind of voice to the religious right. And I've come back to Melbourne, which is my hometown, um, and I love Australia dearly, but we need to be better at some of this stuff. And, um, yeah, so part of my role as someone who educates theologically is to want to kind of say... We need to do that in communities as well. More with Robin Whitaker. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Good evening, angels. Good evening, Charlie. <laughs> You're listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9 with Charlie from Headspace. We never get sick of that little chuckle. Don't it's just we? that little giggle in the middle. It just kills me every time. Oh, it's I'm old enough to be his mother. <laughs> we have Robin Whitaker in the studio with us tonight, who is part of a number of organisations, um, one of which is Equal Voices and um, uh, a, a devout and passionate Christian woman who is devoutly and passionately in support of marriage equality and I think this is what's really lovely about the conversation tonight I think I have felt that perhaps religion has well I know for me tainted the discussion and I have wrongly tarred probably most Christian people with the same brush and I know that that's you know it's deep 
definitely wrong. I'm wondering whether you've had um, any particular people or a group of people or a person that's been a, a sort of a motivating factor or somebody that's really been that person that's helped you change your minds, opinions? Yeah, there's there's been a few people uh, that, that pop into my mind. Um, you know, both close friends who have been together for years and are waiting to get married and you know not everybody wants to get married but they want the chance to get married um i I have um and again when i lived in america one of the things i saw in fact i went to what was an episcopal church when i just moved to chicago and literally the second week i'm there male priest this guy jim gets up for those who don't know what is episcopal oh great question it's a bit it's like the anglican church here so that's the anglican equivalent smells and bells yes (laughs) yes so Melvin Bells, full choir, organ. Um, so I went to this, this is my local church, and it looked like every sort of Anglican church I've ever been to in, in Australia in many ways, um, until the priest, Jim, got up in the notices and said, uh, my husband, Mark, and I are inviting you, all the young adults, back to brunch at my house. And I'm, like, sitting there going, did he just say husband? Mm. Like, and no one flinched. You know, I'm like in the country for two weeks and I had never heard a priest just refer to their partner um, of the same gender. Does in it that almost way? mess with your head, all that you have learnt and taught yep. and you, your whole being has just been turned on its head? Yeah, I mean, it's some of it is you can't... I mean, it's like with the ordination of women into the church i mean people couldn't imagine it yeah you know so sometimes you've actually got to see it and experience it to imagine it and in that community that was just so utterly unshocking mm. um that I, I sat there going what just happened do you but remember, it was delightful you do you know? remember what you asked them first or what your first question was to the people at, at the time no i I actually, in 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 a way, I didn't have questions because in that community it was just so clearly accepted. Yeah. And in fact, as it turned out, as I got to know them, um, Jim had made a lot of his ministry about being a very welcoming church, and that meant he'd attracted people who had been hurt by other churches and had found that to be a real place of healing. Do you find that sort of space is inspirational? Yeah, it's very inspirational. I mean, not just because of the ministry he did. What I actually found... Um, inspirational and kind of surprising was the amount i mean some of the people i got to know there who had particularly grown up in southern american christianity Mm -hmm. who had gone through horrific things like the church trying to do kind of gay therapy those horror stories you hear um yeah and um and yet somehow still came to church as a place to find healing i mean to me that's just amazing in terms of what it said about their faith that for all the abuse they'd suffered they were able to find something to cling on to um so they were more inspiring in many ways that's extraordinary faith Mm. isn't it yeah it is it is because it's funny then you say that because i i just don't go to church anymore because i've been annoyed by some of the things they've (laughs) said let alone the (laughs) you know that trauma and i think gosh the the strength of people's faith sometimes transcends all of this stuff a little bit isn't it and i yeah it does is it a bit about finding what you want in religion too and finding your own kind of 
space to be comfortable with it? Yeah, I think you've got to do that personal inner work. And, I mean, look, if it makes you feel any better, I'm frequently annoyed in church as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's just the reality. And part of that is, except the church is made up of human beings and human beings do stupid things. So, um, darn those humans. I know. Crazy humans, aren't they? (laughs) So, Um, it's, you know, they're not perfect, but... Is there a a movement, do you think, for people going back and wanting to discover faith again in some way? Oh, there's so much debate about that, whether the sort of new spiritualities emerging are kind of people... I don't know. Have you experienced that or have you seen a, a, a change at all? I think... Um, I, I think we're seeing people moving away from very traditional forms of religion... Yeah. To a certain extent. Having said that, again, um, you know, sorry, I'm going to keep saying when I lived in America because that was my most recent experience. Um, My partner there was the um, Episcopal chaplain at Princeton University and they had a church full of undergraduate university students doing very high church traditional kind of Anglican, you know, choir smells and bells long robes with lace trim kind of stuff um and, and yet that the foreignness of all of that ritual was actually strangely attractive to a younger generation which kind of amazed me so you never know it's um an interesting i i, I would wonder if it's an interesting position that you're in that if you have ever had your faith tested because if you've been so passionate about a particular cause whether it is just marriage equality or other things mm. have you has have you ever thought this is too much or too hard or anything like that yeah i have i i think part of being any person of faith is you go through stages of questioning mm. um and stepping back and stepping forward and um and some of that is doing Sometimes you have to just step away a bit and say, okay, let's go back to some basics. What do I believe? You know, whatever kind of spiritual form your prayer life takes. Um, Because you don't always find a matching kind of spirituality. And, you know, you have to look around to find a community that um, might feed you. And that will change at different points in your life. I don't like to worship now in the way that I used to worship as an 18-year-old with kind of... Hillsong-y type music <laughs> that doesn't speak to me anymore. I just think that the whole irony around this marriage equality debate is the fact that, you know, the success of early Christianity, you know, when Jesus was around, was all about inclusion. That's right. That was the reason that the, that the faith took hold was because Christianity welcomed women when yes. other faiths didn't yep. or other religions didn't. Um, you, you know, you didn't have to be born into the, the religion and you could be poor. So, That's you know, right. Jesus welcomed everybody and here, you know, people and, uh, you, you know, these right-wing Christian groups are, are trying to discriminate. It, it's it's kind of yeah. ironic. Yeah. Yeah. One, I mean, one of the famous passages in um, a book called Galatians chapter 3 is um, in Christ there is no male or female, no Jew or Greek, no slave or free, which were absolute power dividing categories in the ancient world and the whole point was to say everyone becomes equal in the eyes of god and i think we've forgotten that when we separate people along sexuality and gender lines i personally left uh church because of i was i i've been out i'm just an out person i've never (laughs) been able to be a not out person and i told my parents when i was 16 which was hard for me to hold in that long until i was 16 to tell them um and i you know they didn't accept accept 
immediately. My dad was amazing, said, if God loves you, I love you, and that's what matters. My mum kicked me out, um, but has now is now very accepting. But something... So I left the church, and then I moved to Sydney, and when I was living in Sydney, I went to an inclusive church. It is a church specifically for LGBTI people, mm. and there's something that the minister says every time he does communion and he says this is an open table everyone is welcome mm. and that mm. like i wasn't even because i grew up in quite a pentecostal very modern mm-hmm. hillsong music mm-hmm. church and we only did communion every now and then and so communion was kind of like eh, whatever thing to me but as people who come from traditional churches no tr- communion is very important and for him to say that as the first sentence every time he led this thing that is so important to so many people, it was a church full of people who had been hurt by other churches and it was something that healed people and brought people together. And that's the thing about being, like, it, it, that is a Christian thing, yeah. is showing love by saying you are welcome and that is healing in itself. So. Yeah, so much power in that simple phrase of just being very open and welcoming. Yeah. Absolutely. You had a quick message sorry That's i have right. a quick message from andrea in oak park sending her love hi michelle and all you lovely allies as a queer w- woman i am so thankful for your show and your support and general gorgeousness she is gorgeous we do love gorgeous andrea thank you you are listening to stand up straight on joy 94.9 now what about lesbian porn that's Stephanie. Stand up straight on Joy 94.9. <laughs> That's the other one that always uh, gives us a bit of a chuckle, Stephanie. Yes, indeed. It does. We've had uh, another message come in from Stephen. Uh, he just read an article that Pakistan has passed a law making discrimination against transgender people, even issuing passports with their own gender identity. And that is how backward Australia still mm. is. So uh, wow. it's kind of in, uh, in line with what we're talking about tonight. We've got a, a lovely guest in the studio, Robin Whittaker, who is giving us a very Christian perspective on uh, marriage equality and um, perhaps one of the things I think I've learned is that maybe I can't tire of run with the same brush. Um, so I want to thank you for spending some time in the studio with us tonight, Robin. You've been fascinating and, as I often say, we always say we could have another hour with you in the studio. Thanks, Michelle. It's a pleasure to have it's been, been here. It's been wonderful to have you. Thank you and keep up your good work. The last minute or so is dedicated to our lovely Stephanie who's um, not going to be heard on Stand Up Straight very frequently any longer. Uh, she's um, going to be part of a podcast series called Dying to Tell. <gasps> Ooh, that's so I exciting. know it's exciting. It's a real tease. I'm dying to hear it. Um, so I want to thank Stephanie. She's been part of the show for probably about two years and um, we've shared some tears on and off the microphone. Uh, she's been um, the rock when I've been like jelly at various times uh, in the studio. Um, Clayton would love to sit, have been here, but he's not be able to be in the studio tonight with us. Um, he wanted to thank you very much, and he missed. He was really sad he missed your final show, and he has loved working with you. Um, so thank you, Stephanie, for the, the work that you've put in and being, um, as I said, a rock in the studio and onward and upward, as they say. Thank you, Michelle. It's been a lot of fun. It has been fun. Thank you, Beck, for being in the studio. She's given a thumbs up. She's been a little unwell. Thank you very much, Rachel, across the desk Thanks and for me. providing um, some beautiful sounds for us and <laughs> some applause. So uh, thank you, everyone, for your messages. It's really, really important. Be 
and ally however you can. You've been listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.